Check your panties. Aging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I'm having chest pain. So sit down, shut the fuck up, take your cock out of your hand, and listen. Joey Valentine. Ahoy hoy, and welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. I am Joey Valentine. This is your holy shit, you broke my scale podcast. I am so happy to have you with me. It is August the 8th, 2022. How was everybody's weekend? Mine was super duper fantabulous. And I am off this Monday for jury duty, which got canceled. So three-day weekend. All right. Welcome, everybody that's tuning in in America, Argentina, Peru, and Japan. I am so glad you are all here. Thank you for keeping my numbers high and consistent. That is awesome. I hope everybody's getting a kick out of the epic gay rap battle between me and Lafayette, a.k.a. Nutso. AKA, I can't believe a white guy is showing me how to rap after I've been doing it all these years. AKA, I need so much butt chap, ass chap, after I hear those rhymes, those ill ass fucking rhymes from a guy that's whiter than sour cream. Oh, yeah, I went there. I did. So it occurred to me, I was going to make a song about Lafayette, AKA, not so. Because he makes a song, he disses me, I make a song, I diss him, and we go back and forth. But he never plays my song on his show. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm kind of offended. Because, you know, the only way they're going to hear that song is on my show. Because no one wants to go through the hour and a half of pain of listening to nerds talking the podcast just to get to the song that's about me at the end. I play my songs about <laughs> Lafayette like five minutes into my show. So I was going to do a song and I was going to pretend that I was Lafayette, but he actually threw me for a loop. I got an email from him earlier and he said, you know, man, we have been fighting and I don't know if everybody thinks we're like for real, but I want them to know that we're not at all for real. You know, you're my friend and I care about you a lot. So I wrote a song so maybe we can kind of squash this beef. And I know that you like the 1980s. Do you like that music from the 1980s? So I made you a song, and here it is. And he sent it to me, and it's a 1980s sounding like Flock of Seagulls, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran type of song. And it's basically um, him professing his love for me. And I was blown away. You know, I mean, I thought we were platonic, uh, but apparently he feels a lot more for me. And I'm flattered. I really am. He's a, he's a handsome man. You know, Lafayette, if, if that did it for me, I'd be the luckiest man in the world. I don't know if you wanted me to play it for you guys or not, but I'm going to. It's a really, really great song. And uh, you're right, Lafayette. After this song that you made and sent to me all by yourself, produced and recorded in California that I had nothing to do with, after this song, you're right, it's squashed. The beef is over. No more rap battling. No more saying mean stuff. This was a really heartfelt song. And although I don't want to do butt stuff with you, I do want to continue this long, awesome, loving friendship that we have. So here's the song he sent me, and uh, let's check it out, and we'll be back in a minute.
Beautiful. I am truly touched. Thank you, Lafayette. So, what did you guys think? Was that uh, was that sweet? Was that a really sweet song that Lafayette wrote for me? I know, right? I know. I am just wow. But uh, unfortunately, it can just never be. But uh, I think he'll be okay. 
Oh, dude. Meeting's over. So I used to be in this band called Rally Fuzzle. This was my first band ever in my life. I think I was 15. Rally Fuzzle, we got the name because there's a cross street in South Houston called Rally and Fuzzle. And I thought it sounded cool, so we made that the name of the band. It was myself and a very close personal friend of mine, Aaron Ballard, who actually lives in Los Angeles. And uh, it was just me and him. And we, one of us would play the guitar and sing, and the other would play the drums. So we switched a lot. So half the show would be my songs, half the show would be his songs. And we basically just played coffee shops because we, at the time, we loved the Violent Femmes. So if we ever played a really tiny place that couldn't host a full band, I would just have a snare with brushes, you know, just like the old Violent Femme stuff, you know, why can't I get just one kiss? You know, that shit. And people loved it. So we would play these packed coffee shops and we had these hilarious, Aaron could write the funniest songs. Well, the more and more our popularity grew around the Houston area because we didn't just play shows. We didn't play, like, we didn't just book shows. I mean, we did, but that's not the only thing we did. We played everywhere. Like, Aaron carried his acoustic guitar around with him, and I carried a snare drum and the brushes around with me. And we'd go to downtown Houston, and we'd just sit outside of an office building, and we'd just start playing, you know, sit on the nice marble and play, and people would be coming and going from lunch, you know, suits. These guys, we never even asked them for money. We weren't begging or anything. And they would just start throwing $5 bills as they walked by. And I was like, dude, you got to put a hat down or something. So we got a guitar case and we opened it up. We'd go and play all the time and make like 50 bucks, man. And that was really, really cool. And we played this one show at a place called Cappuccino Plus. I have no way that is still in existence. That was off of uh, Montrose. Montrose and Westheimer was pretty much where it intersected. Really popular place. Not a lot of rules. A lot of really cool people. I mean, nobody got out of hand. But we met this guy after a show, and he was this uh, metal guy. He had long, long hair, and he like wore a collared shirt tucked into his jeans. And he got to talking with me and Aaron after the show. Now, on this particular night, I was really, really high on ecstasy. One of the few times that I actually took that drug. Uh, kids, you should not take ecstasy. I cannot stress this enough. I have no idea what it was I took. And it could have done some very bad things to me, but I did. And that's just the way it is. And so this guy comes up to me and he's talking to me and Aaron after the show. And he's trying to join the band. And he's trying to finagle his way into this band any way he can fucking do it, right? And he's a guitarist. He's an electric guitarist. He wants to play lead guitar. We're not a band that needs an electric guitar or even, you know, much less a lead guitar. And he's, you know, and I'm so fucking high. And I'm just smiling, and I'm kind of caressing the counter, and I'm like, yeah, uh. Aaron is listening intently. Aaron, you know, he was a fucking Boy Scout, still is, I'm sure. And he loved, loved, loved messing with me when I got high. We actually had this ongoing joke. The only thing, I did ecstasy a few times, I'm not going to lie, and I smoked a lot of pot for like three months, and that's like the last time I ever did drugs. But when I would get high on pot, you know, like anybody, I'd always want food. I'm sorry, I'll get back to the guitar guy in a second, but... When I, when Aaron and I would be driving around and I'd be just stoned out of my mind and we were driving down I-45 one time and they had these places like uh, rallies and checkers. They were all like these little burger joints and they all kind of had the same menu and we were, <laughs> we were driving along one time and I, we passed the checkers going down 45 and I said, oh man, checkers, you got the best burgers, man. Checkers, we got to stop by, man. 
And he told me that story the next day, and it was hilarious. And so it became a code word for me and Aaron as to when I was high, you know, and I like we'd be at a club or wherever we were. And a lot of people, you know, if you if you walk around downtown Houston enough, somebody's smoking a joint there. You, know, you want to take a hit, you know, I mean, it's fucking Houston. And so, like, if I ever, like, disappeared for a little while and then showed back up and I was stoned, Aaron would go, dude, are you checkers? <laughs> And I'd be like, yeah, man. <laughs> he used to have such a good time with me when I was stoned because he just loved playing with me. And rightly so, man. If I ever saw myself on camera, because I did, we recorded a lot of our practices and stuff. And I'd be like, you know what, man? If we were to write a song, what? <laughs> like, that's like what I would do. Stop in the middle of something I'm talking about and be like, huh? What? Yeah. I smoked pot like heavily for three months. And then after I stopped, this like fog rose off of my brain and I was able to stop saying, man, you know, like after every sentence, let's get something to eat, man. <laughs> let's, you got a joint, man. <laughs> Everything was man. Was he stoned? Did he say man a lot? So this guy is trying to convince me to let him into the band Rally Fuzzle any way he possibly can. And I'm so high and I am just busy stroking the sweet mahogany of the, you know, counter at Cappuccino Plus. I could care fucking less what he's telling me. I'm not going to say anything because like I'm basically it feels like I'm having sex in my hand. Aaron is listening to him like he actually cares. He was good at that. You know, he wasn't mocking him or anything. And he's trying to find every way to get into this band from fucking ringing the triangle to play in the cowbell or whatever. And finally, I just say, look, man, you know, it's just, it's just us, you know, and that's like way too much for this band. And so like a light bulb goes off in his head and he's like, okay, man, I got it. All right. This is what we're going to do. All right. You guys play your songs like normal, right? And then whenever you get to where there's going to be a guitar solo, I'll be like behind a curtain, you know, like this, like, like a four foot wide curtain. And then, like, when it's time for me to solo, you pull the rope, and the curtain comes out, and I fucking solo, and I'm shredding, and the light shines on me. And then when my solo's over, I, I like, back up, back into behind the curtain, and then you pull the rope again, and it covers me up. And I'm like, absolutely no. That is not going to happen. I didn't want just some strange butt rocker to join my band. But I never forgot about the guy that wanted to stand behind the curtain and join my band. Too fucking funny. All right, so it is now time for another edition of Why You Should Stop Sending Dick Pics. <laughs> I know that you guys listen to me talk about dick pics a lot, and I'm sure you enjoy it. Mr. Dick Picker. Picker of dicks. Have you ever given any thought to what you're going to tell your grandchildren when they're older, you're older, and they're old enough to sit around and talk to you? What are you going to say when they ask how you met grandma? Well, kids, I'll tell you, I knew she was out of my league. So I thought to myself, Joe, Take a chance. So I got out my cellular phone, unzipped my pants, 
and I took a picture of my wiener. And then I sent it to her. I couldn't believe it. She wrote back. She said, I love that. You're so funny. I love a guy that's willing to send me a picture of his penis, even though I didn't ask for it. You're the kind of guy every girl dreams of. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was the way to catch your grandma because she was a freak. She liked all kinds of butt stuff, being tied up, bondage. And you know what? You're too young to hear about that, but that's how it played out. Your grandpa's penis made this whole family. If it wasn't for that dick pic, none of you would be here today. Thank you, Grandma, for being a fucking freak. That's how I see that conversation going. Or, I mean, you can lie, but... Is that the kind of thing you want to tell your grandchildren? So I keep notes throughout the week for when I'm going to do a show and it gives me ideas of what to talk about. I don't write down what I'm going to talk about. I just kind of put words on a page. And when I had Carlos on the show, we, I had shared my screen with him and he could see what I had written. And of course, it was a bunch of nonsense to, to him, not to me. And one thing he saw was marrying a banana in the backyard. And I didn't say anything about it then, but I do want to tell that story now because I think it's really funny. And it could give you an idea of what it was like to raise me to be the mother of Joey Valentine. Now, you guys may or may not know that I am a person who loves attention. I'm very extroverted. I have no shame whatsoever. So when I go out in public, you know, I'm me. I do what I do. And that's something that my mother has come to learn since I was itty bitty. So I used to do this YouTube channel called The Banana Dilemma. I may have mentioned The Banana Dilemma before. The Banana Dilemma is when you are eating a banana, how do you not look like, you know, you're giving it a blowjob? So I named my YouTube channel that and I made all kinds of funny skits. This is back when I had a bunch of people that I could film with. And one of the videos that I shot was me marrying a banana. It was actually like an entire love story. Uh, us meeting, us going out to lunch on a date, us getting married, and the eventual demise of my wife, the banana, because she gets run over. And this was a video that was a lot of fucking fun to film. I had one person, my friend Heather, was working the camera most of the time. And it starts off, we, there was this place in town uh, this this $5 Chinese buffet that is no longer in business. I can only guess because of some sort of health code violation. This place had meatballs, but the word meat was in quotations. So the video starts off with me going on a date with the banana. So I had her get under the table and I would film the banana and then she would film me. And it was funny because there we are at a crowded buffet and she's underneath the table holding a banana up. I even got good shots of the waitress serving us you know, me and the banana. She never once said anything. But uh, anyway, a particular scene that we had to do was me marrying the banana. Now, as you know, in Texas, it's like a thousand degrees. And it was one of those days. So I put on a suit. I put on the top part of a suit. <laughs> you know, real nice black suit, uh, blue shirt, tie, greased my hair up, 
And I didn't need to be filmed but anywhere but from the waist up, so I wasn't wearing pants. I was wearing my thong. And so there we are. I went to uh, Hobby Lobby. I had gone to Hobby Lobby previously, and I had bought a little tiny uh, wedding veil for, <laughs> that would fit a banana. I had bought googly eyes and little red sparkly lips to put on the banana. And uh, this, this song was all, there was no audio to this song. It's all music. So you don't hear anybody speaking. So that was, that was really helpful. But the, the, the song I chose was so perfect. The way it just sets the mood. But Heather is filming me and I'm holding the banana. And I do like a, like Heather says, do you take the banana? And I say, I look at the camera and I say, I do. And then she says, does the banana take you? And I take the banana and I face it towards the camera and I make it nod. Yes. And right at that moment, my mom comes home and there I am standing in the backyard in a speedo slash thong with half a suit on holding a banana and a veil while Heather films me. And my mother looks holds for a second, and then says, I got lunch if you're hungry, and goes back inside. <laughs> that's, that's what it's like to be the mother of Joey Valentine. And the scene where we filmed the banana getting run over was so funny. I, had to, I can't remember how I did it, but I had the banana on the ground, and I was pulling it back towards me, as, like making it like it was hopping and walking across the street. And then I had Heather go down the street and drive her car, and I set the banana up in the middle of the road, and I filmed her. Oh, well, first I had her film me, and I'm like waving to the banana that's in the middle of the street. And then I like scream, and I go, look out! And Heather just mashes this thing. I play it in slow-mo, and you see the banana fucking shoot out of both ends. And we finish the video up with me running over to the banana and looking up into the sky and asking God why. Why, God? The end. Isn't that a wonderful banana story? So yeah, if you ever actually get, uh, if you are so inclined to want to see some of my older work, if you go to YouTube and search for the banana dilemma, uh, I think there's like 10 videos on there and they're all, I think, pretty fucking funny. So if you ever feel like looking at those videos, it's the banana dilemma. That's the name of the channel on YouTube. Look it up if you want. Uh, just a reminder to all of you guys, here's what's important in the schedule of Fat Guy Loves Cake. This Friday, need I remind you again, there is going to be an epic trivia showdown between me and the nerds at Nerds Talking, the podcast. I will be hosting the ultimate trivia game of 80s and 90s questions. I'm the host. The five members of the podcast from Nerds Talking, the podcast will be the players. I will ask a question. They will all have a chance to write it down with their hands. Yes, people still do use things like pens and pencils. Every time someone gets the question right, all five of them can get a point, or none of them can get a point, or one, or two, or three. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that after I read the question, to give them some time to write it down. Whoever did get it right is going to get a point. We're going to do the first half of the trivia game on my show, about 30 minutes, and then we're going to do the second half on Nerds Talking, the podcast. It will both come out on the same night, Friday at midnight. You can listen to the first half here, listen to the second half, there. So it's going to come down to Lafayette, Carlos, Hugh, Johnny Buttstuff, and Miss Laura are all going to fight it out for the ultimate Fat Guy Loves Cake trivia contest hosted by me, yours truly, Joey Valentine. Do not miss it. I've got some great questions. It's going to be really, really funny. 
And it'll be a lot of fun to see who knows their shit. All of us grew up in the 80s. Also, I have some awesome merchandise from Fat Guy Loves Cake. I have stickers and I have magnets. The magnets are three by three. The stickers are four by four. They're fucking huge. I paid for them myself. I have no intention of ever charging anyone for them. If you would like one, send me your name and address to fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. I will send you one or the other or both, whatever you prefer. All I ask is that you show it to your friends and you tell them that it's your favorite podcast or tell them that it's not, tell them that it's okay, but you know, they should listen or tell them whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. You're getting free shit from me. I'll mail it to you. I'll fucking get rid of your address afterwards. No need to fear the fat man having your address. I just want my fucking show to gain some more popularity. So I paid for this stuff myself and it's all yours. All you got to do is ask. Again, that's at fat guy loves cake. At yahoo.com, all one word. Fat guy loves cake at yahoo.com. All right, so I really enjoyed this show. It's Monday. We got a whole week ahead of us, but we're going to be okay, right? Yes, we are. Everybody, hug those wonderful children, kiss those even more wonderful kitty cats, and please be nice. I will see you guys on Wednesday. And do not forget about the Friday trivia game show. Bye bye. The clapback. Yo. Nerds talking. Nuts, so let's go. Joey Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you want to clap back, set back, jacket? Don't think so. Go toe to toe with nuts, so you better get baptized, christened, and blessing, and get a rabbi to chop off the tip of your dick. Fuck it, chop all of it, and get fake tits and plump lips, and move to witness protection. Get a C section, remove all the fat, or move to your natural habitat. That'd be the C. You already got a blowhole for a mouth that you blow out and suck in. You get that? Your position is naturally on your knees. Asking Johnny Bust up for the money. Disease. Lieutenant Cox sucks semen who loves four men But then again he says he's not gay but he's the biggest fan There he goes again pestering the host of the show Can they get an application or they send my resume Send it to never no way no how at We don't give a fuck about you now Even if we all get killed no position to be filled Hughes left by himself popping his ED pills Doing a show solo talking about Hughes and Levi's Big dick surprise everybody opens wide eyes You still never get on the show so forget it You wanna clap back Step back, wait a second, fat ass Don't fall too fast and cause an earthquake Tectonic plate shake All you heard is what time of date Crime or mistake Should I bring a date? Oh shit, I must have misplaced an invite Psych, I don't go there I do my show solo My name's Fat Homo I mean Joe I jerk you off pro bono Just leave your tip in my mouth Accept payment through my throat or my butthole You understand that? I'll stick to the rap And you stick to the jokes You keep coming at these nerds It'll be your final show Curtain closed, go home No more police bring the track and the yellow tape to outline the fat bloated man and his piece of cake evidence 1a two eggs one cup of oil and some mix pour in a bowl with his ashes we cremate that bitch you created this shit on you you gon' get it you know we just playing around but i meant it when i said that i creep into your room in silence dress as a pirate shit in your bed leave a note next to your head that says how you doing mr fat so was wondering if you want to come on to the next show but people don't know this is all just a joke between nuts so and Joe. See you next time, you assholes. Nerds talking. But you, you wanna clap back, huh? You wanna bring it? Is that what you want? Oh, you don't want none, bro. We out. <laughs>